You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. I'm Jacob Harrison filling in for the one and only Travis Ryer here on Southern Fried Sports. Tide 100.9, the home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolates here, 1530 McFarland Boulevard. They've got some uh, chocolate classes this summer for you to get involved in. Fun and tasty way to take home some chocolate and get out of the heat. Let me tell you, it is blazing Hot outside today. I want no part of it at all. So uh, if you are like me but actually have the opportunity to go to Peterbrook Chocolatier today, uh, 1 to 3 p.m. is the class schedule for today. That is the same on Tuesday as well. And Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. A reservation is required. So give them a call at 205-752-0211 and check out what uh, some of the classes they got going on as far as it pertains to uh, the the cooking, shaping, molding, the preparation of some incredible, incredible chocolate, all that and more at Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarlane Boulevard. So as I fill in for Travis Ryer, someone has to fill in for me, and of course I turn to the boss man, the Iron Man, Joe Gaither, and together today we will form the 60-minute men of Sports Talk Radio. Joe, it is a weird day. It's a weird day. It, uh, I don't know if it's uh, if it's because of the heat or what, but it's a weird day for me. It, 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 it feels like nothing's going to happen today. Does it feel like that to you? It's felt like that all week to me. Every <laughs> every little bit of news is like life, and it's just like a little bit of droplets of water. It's felt like that all week to me, honestly. It's a it's a rough time for your local sportscasters. Please send help. <laughs> Nonetheless, we will make it through. Uh, there is there is actually quite a bit to, to get into. Uh, we got into a lot of it earlier on the Gary Harris Show, and we'll continue it here. Uh, and at 11.15, we'll welcome in uh, one of my favorite guests, Tyler Martin of Bama Central, uh, joins me on my show Off the Edge Mondays and Fridays from 7 to 9 quite often, and he brings a lot to the table. I uh, want to make sure that, you know, the guys that I feature quite a bit on my show had some time here in uh, the, the 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 lunch hour, as it were, and uh, give them some some good publicity because these guys are good and they know what they're talking about and it's and it's perfect timing because uh, Tyler Martin's a big recruiting guy, big basketball guy, 
and uh, and he knows his way around the football world as well. Pretty intelligent guy all the way around, for what it's worth. Uh, but today we've got a potential uh, commitment, almost uh, almost a guarantee. Uh, Amari Nye Black committing to the Alabama Crimson Tide is about as close to a one hundred percent thing as you could come up with, uh, just based off of the information that that Andrew Bone has has given over the past forty eight hours on that player, uh, and and even further on. Uh, you know, all the situations that have been going on here with the players that have been coming in for camps and for tryouts, workouts, uh, those kinds of things, meeting Nick Saban, getting uh, the coaches getting an impression of some of these players. It's nice, honestly. It's nice to hear these names. Nice to hear, uh, you know, Saban being able to get in contact with these players on a real basis. You know, Joe brought it up earlier when uh, we were starting a conversation with Jeff Spiegel last year. There was nothing. It was every single day. It was COVID. When are we going to get back? And now today it's, you know, kids flying in from all over the, the country here to Tuscaloosa to see if they've got what it takes to, to be a part of this Alabama Crimson Tide team or if this is where they want to play their college ball and if Nick Saban will have them. And and all of that is is honestly just very refreshing to have around uh, considering what we were dealing with last year. Joe brought it up a second ago as well. The uh, – Alabama men's basketball team will be facing the Baylor Bears next year in uh, the Big 12 SEC uh, matchup, I guess. Uh, regardless, you know, that was the, the, the thing that we knew, but we didn't acknowledge. So now they've got Gonzaga, they've got Houston, they've got uh, Baylor. So they've got three of the final four teams. And had they met, it, had they been able to surpass, surpass UCLA, then, uh, you know, Alabama would have been in a spot to have seen been in the final four with these three teams because of the quadrant they were in. So uh, we're very close to that having been a possibility regardless. So there's nothing to fear. It's a, it's a challenge and an opportunity and an exciting one at that. I'm, I'm excited to, to, to see those games. Baylor's going to be here in Tuscaloosa, right, Joe? Yeah. Yes. So, uh, whether whether I go there to work or I just go to that game, I'm going to that one. Uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. And and that's the other thing is at this point right now, just saying all the games that are uh, ahead of us on the schedule, we can start pinpointing and say, oh, yeah, no, I, I want to go to that game. Uh, whether it's for work or whether it's not, I want to go to that game and you know be able to plan ahead and not have to stress about any of that sort of stuff. Just get up, buy the ticket, and go to – uh, a sporting event that sounds uh very very exciting so all things considered when we talk to tyler martin in about 10 minutes then uh those things will come up we'll also discuss what's going on in the college football world i've i've been pretty heavy on it the past three days as far as it concerns what's going on with the nil uh yesterday we did get some advancement on the college football playoffs and, and what's going on with them, they will move forward. Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm not sure that it's all enough to, to just appease for the college football playoff expansion. You've also, you've got to figure out this NIL situation. There's no, to me, there's no substance in just giving away 
the the one chance at structure that you have if you're the NCAA. You you're just automatically giving up all the responsibility that you claim to to so proudly hold. You can't like this is life lesson stuff right here. Like you, you don't tell your five year old to just push off his responsibilities onto somebody else. You kind of teach him how to how to take ownership of his responsibilities and handle them. Like you you've got to learn that, right? What what's the deal with these suits just all of a sudden saying No, not our problem. We didn't sign up for this. So we're not going to deal with it. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that at all. It's it's vastly disappointing. Uh, and it it's vastly disappointing on the same scale that, that Mark Emmert feels like he has to do his best to come up with a temporary solution simply because of the fact that the NCAA won't get out of its own way. Like we we hear it every day in this business with with all the stuff going on is oh this is going to ruin college football oh this is going to ruin college football well if it if it inevitably does even though for the past few weeks I've been saying the NCAA won't do anything to to harm college sports as we know it intentionally they are about to unintentionally do a lot of harm because they're going to. To, to separate things out in a way that that's ir, irreparable because of the fact that you're saying it's up to states and individual schools to determine what is fair, unfair, what works, what kind of caps they need, all the all the very terrifying questions that come up with NIL are all put onto the states and the schools because of the way the, the NCAA wants to handle this. And that's that's messed up. <laughs> there's no other there's no other way to put it. That's messed up. And it's not that's not dead in the water. That is exactly what's going to happen, but that's the path that we're on because of the decisions that the NCAA is making. So if if four years from now, five years from now, six years from now, you're not happy with the state of college football, uh as it pertains to the NIL compensation, uh, it it's the NCAA will be who's to blame. Nobody else. You won't you won't be able to come to these players and say, "Well, you messed up because because you called for this thing that no, because they deserve that. They deserve they're human beings. They are not objects for your entertainment. They are human beings. Every other human being who is not considered a student athlete on this planet." It has the rights to their, or at least in this country, has the rights to their name, image, and likeness. Correct? Correct. Otherwise, Brett Kavanaugh wouldn't say that the NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in every other circumstance in this country. And that the NCAA is not above the law. He's right when he says that. Because you're, you're getting to a point where you're teetering on being uh, strictly against the antitrust laws. And, like, come on, let's catch up. This is all just common-sense capitalism in in the country that we live in. So at some point, 
the NCAA has got to take the responsibility. It's got to take the ownership. I'm disappointed that, that Greg Sankey is, is one of the guys leading the charge in saying, let's just abandon what we formulated in January and move forward with, with this new plan that, that puts all the responsibility in the hands of those who are not submerged in what college football is every single day or what college athletics is every single day. Because they're one and the same, but like you can you can look at it from a standpoint of okay, well, we know the kind of things that happen in college football. Is that the same sort of stuff that happens in softball or swimming? Like, no, because it's all different, and that's what the NCAA is for. Because they have divisions that handle all of these different things. That's why it's up to the NCAA to handle those sorts of things. And if the NCAA really doesn't want to do it, then they need to allow players' association, a players' union, to exist. So that the players union, so the players are at least represented by somebody with their best interests in mind. It's not something I'm crazy about, but if the NCAA doesn't want to do their job, what choice do you have? You got to start coming up with some solutions. Alabama's going to be fine this time next week. They're going to be fine. We that law is in place. It's sound. I like the way it looks. There may be time. There may be a time for uh, some wiggle room to to figure some things out after we've had a few years to see what kind of loopholes exist and and what kind of problems exist. But at the very least, Alabama is going to be fine. Alabama will be fine, and that's our number one concern here. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. I, I want to see college football on a national scale look good and operate smoothly and be fun to enjoy. But as long as Alabama's good, <laughs> we good. <laughs> and not necessarily just being great at, at football or anything like that. Just knowing that at least in Alabama, we've got this thing figured out makes me feel all right. We'll take our first break. I'm Jacob Harrison filling in for Travis Ryer. This is Southern Fried Sports. On the other side, we'll welcome in Bama Central's writer, reporter, recruiting guy, basketball guy, football guy, do-it-all guy, Tyler Martin, into the show next here on Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Alabama football countdown clock is driven by Crawford Insurance, Tuscaloosa's low-cost auto insurer. Call 752-6489 for a free quote today. There are there are there are 72 days until Alabama football. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A nice early summer day is in progress across the area. Lots of sunshine, just some fair weather cumulus clouds. It'll be that way again tomorrow. 85 today, time high today. will drop to around 66 overnight tonight and back up to 86 degrees tomorrow. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 84 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. that we could descend into the darkest hells of our own invention. 
Welcome back into Southern Fried Sports, Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama sports. I'm Jacob Harrison filling in for Travis Ryer. I produce this show, but I'm also a host of my own shows, Off the Edge, Mondays and Fridays from 7 to 9, Saturday morning showdown alongside Bryant Horn on Saturdays from 8 to 11 a.m. And uh, a guy that joins me quite often on Off the Edge is the one and only Tyler Martin of Bama Central, the Sports Illustrated uh, home for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Incredible writers over there, and Tyler's one of the guys that stands out and, and covers it all very well, football, basketball, and recruiting. So we'll pick his brain about those three subjects here today. Tyler, what's going on, man? What's up, Jake? Glad to be joining you on uh, this Thursday morning, man. Uh, ready to talk some Alabama football, of course, and uh, hope you're doing well, man. Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, I, it, it, it's hot, and it's a weird day, but I'm doing okay for June 24th. We're about halfway through this year, you know? We're doing good. Uh, as far as uh, the recruiting trail goes, though, it's a lot of fun to, to be in the middle of June and to actually, you know, have camps and to, and to hear names and for, uh, you know, for, for schools like Alabama and Clemson where they operate, you know, where they want to offer you after they've seen you, uh, this is this is this is exactly the timeline that they wanted. It's worked out pretty well. Uh, and today, probably in about forty-two minutes, if I can do math well, uh, we'll have potentially one more guy to to name to the twenty twenty-two recruiting roster in Amari Nyblack, the uh, three-star tight end from uh, Florida. Will you uh, give us a, a little preview as to what Amari Nyblack is all about and why he's catching uh, so much attention? Yeah, so you know, he, you know, and, and he, he he camped and he visited with Alabama on Monday and and got an offer uh, from Coach Saban and Coach Wiggins and it was really surprising, you know, just from talking to people around him. It's just you know, it wasn't something that he thought was going to happen, um, but it did. And Alabama's really good at finding these kind of these late risers in the in the cycle and guys who are maybe diamonds in the rough. And that's how I would describe him, Martin Nyblack. You know, you, you, he's listed online. At, Six foot four, two hundred and fifteen pounds. You know he lines up at both wide receiver and tight end for Lakewood. But but he to me, I mean, in an offense that you know with Bill O'Brien, I mean he's going to be you know maybe the perfect tight end to kind of play that role and, and be a huge huge target. I mean he's bigger than you know some of the receivers listed on Alabama's roster now. You know he's bigger than Trayshawn Holden for example right now. Um, and to Alabama, you know uh, they, it's always been kind of their in mode this cycle to land two tight ends. You know, they're expecting Joe Billingsley to have a big year, and, you know, he could possibly be having an NFL-type decision this offseason. They already have Elijah Brown from Ohio. Uh, he's, you know, he's been committed since February. But Amari Nyblak, you know, he's, he's got, like I said, he's kind of been making his uh, around the circuit this summer. I mean, he's already visited Georgia, Florida State. Um, but now, you know, it seems like, uh, he, you know, Alabama, to me, is kind of uh, where he's going to kind of end up if I had to, you know, put a prediction on it. You know, over schools like Maryland and Indiana, those are two other big schools that were big in his recruitment. Um, but this is just a, a really fascinating get to me. Um, he seems like he, you know he's got a, he, to me he's got a very high floor. It's just going to take him some time to develop. 
um, you know, and, and, and you know, because they've got a lot of mass to work with. Like I mentioned, this frame is huge. I've got that great size and great athleticism. Um, but this is going to be a really stellar get for Alabama if it happens. And you look at Alabama right now, you know, he would be the eighth commitment in this class, and five of the eight have already come from the offensive side of the ball. You know, there's two running backs. You've got Ty, uh, Ty Simpson, Elijah Brown, and then obviously now uh, Amari Nyblack if he chooses the Crimson Tide. So, again, this is kind of a diamond in the rough sort of, uh, of get potentially for the Crimson Tide. You know, we talk about uh, a lot of guys – they commit, and sometimes they, they don't really move around, and other times they, they decommit so that they can enjoy being recruited just a little bit more. You know, Jeremiah Alexander was kind of like that, uh, but nobody has personified that effort to enjoy being recruited more than JT Tui Maloau. Uh Now, this week he is taking a bunch of visits. Tomorrow he comes to Tuscaloosa. Uh, nobody knows what JT Tui Maloau is going to do except for him. But regardless, it's still an opportunity for Alabama to to find some success on the back end of what was already considered a uh, tremendous class from from last spring uh, in trying to, to 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 get this guy to come in. Just talk about what's going on with JT and uh, how we feel about him potentially joining the Crimson Tide rather than the Buckeyes or the Huskies. Yeah, you know, Jacob, you think about it, and it's like Alabama's twenty twenty one class. You know, already had, like, what, the most five stars ever. I mean, it was the elite of the elite. And then there's a guy like JTT who's sitting there waiting for the visits, and he's been waiting for this for a while. Now. And here's the thing, I don't blame him at all. Um, and I understand, it. you know, a lot of, a lot of kids, that they want to get that feel of being recruited. And, and he's a guy, you know, who's went through this entire process, you know, um, you know and just been waiting for moments like this. And, and the good news for Alabama fans is that he's getting the last of his fifth official visits this weekend in Tuscaloosa. And typically you want to be that first official visit or you want to be that last official visit. So Alabama's in a great position right here with the last official visit for him this weekend. Um, you know, he just got done with a trip to Oregon that went pretty well. Ohio State's obviously the, the big the big number one contender, in my opinion, right now against Alabama. But, too, you know, um, last year, you know, when the NCAA started handing out area, everybody gets a free year, right, if you play during 2020, COVID year. So when you look at the scholarship numbers and you look at how many guys you know, teams can take, and you look at the transfer portal rule, it, it's kind of really fuzzy, right? Um, because you don't know how many scholarships are really available. And so, um, you know, the thing is like, you know, if he was to able to be able to commit to Alabama and be able to sign on the dotted line, it's like, okay, they're going to figure out a way to make it work now because of the transfer portal, things like that. But, you know, it's not going to be, you know, the 83, 85 scholarships that we're used to for the next couple seasons because of what took place last year and guys taking advantage of an extra year, right? Um, but Alabama, you know, they've always had a great relationship with JTT. You know, he's been at Tuscaloosa multiple times uh, in the past, and it's been a while since his last visit. Um, but, yeah, like I said, they're going to get that last crack at him, and I think that more times than not, the last team to be able to do that puts himself in a great position. Absolutely. And I brought up Jeremiah Alexander, of course, the number one player in the state. Uh, he recently had an unofficial visit to, to Alabama, of course, was committed to Alabama in the past. Uh, just kind of wants to enjoy being recruited. Uh, most people expect for him to recommit to Alabama, but as it stands now, uh, one of the best players on on arguably the best program, uh, high school program in the in the state. Where 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 is kind of his trail leading as we get uh closer to the fall? 
Yeah, Jeremiah is a great kid, man. Um, I've had the opportunity to talk to him on numerous occasions, and comes from a great, you know, family. Comes from a great program over there at Thompson. You know, arguably the, the best program in the entire state of Alabama, like you said. And uh, you know, his recruitment. You know, when he originally committed to Alabama, um, you know, COVID was COVID had just hit. You know, everything had shut down and everything. And then you know, he decommits back in October, one to you know, kind of focus on winning that state championship, which they did this past year, but. Um, you kind of look at it, you know, one of the first visits he went to and things opened up was Clemson. And I know Clemson, you know, left a really good impression on him. Georgia has always been that team uh, running second to Alabama in the mix. Now I think Clemson maybe have jumped them a little bit um, because he really left Clemson um, just just really, really impressed and really kind of mesmerized by what uh, Dabo and them are doing up there. And so right now, you know, and UCF too, I mean, he just took a visit to UCF as well. I, I should mention them. UCF is, um, has been recruiting a lot of in-state guys in the state of Alabama. Um, you know, they've got so many ties to the state. When you think of uh, Gus Malzahn, you think of Travis Williams, uh, the linebackers coach there. But, but yeah, I would say the Alabama, Clemson, Georgia is kind of the three-headed race right now uh, for his services. And I do think ultimately he ends up back um, with the Crimson Tide. It's just, it's just right now, you know, it's, 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 really, it's really close with Clemson and Georgia as well just because of, you know, how, how, how well things went with Clemson. And I know an official visit will happen sometime in the fall uh, for Jeremiah Alexander uh, in Tuscaloosa, which, you know, uh, official visit for in-state guys, you know, they're, they're in Tuscaloosa all the time, right? They can travel whenever they want to. So you kind of want to use those official visits on other schools like he did for UCF um, a couple weekends ago. So um, that, that was him. But, yeah, I, I do think Jacoby ends up back at, a, you know, in the, in the Alabama class. Now, what's interesting to me is, is how I mentioned the numbers. How many does Alabama take in 2022? Do we see a smaller class, not normally that 25, 26 range? Do we see about 18 or 19 in this class? So Alabama's got to be very careful with, you know, um, the numbers in this class. But the good news is that Jeremiah Alexander is a guy that no matter how many numbers you have available, you take him no matter what. One more recruiting question, and of course it's about that guy with the famous last name. Everybody is talking about Arch Manning. I would... I would relish the thought of, of him wearing a crimson jersey uh, and, and sticking it back to Tennessee and sticking it back to Ole Miss and, and, and back to LSU, too. The fact that the Mannings live in Louisiana have never paid one one iota of a mind to the Tigers. But uh, with Arch Manning, he's he, you know the, the reports have been that he likes Alabama, got an early start with them, uh, but definitely enjoyed his time out in Clemson as well. Uh, He's going to be recorded, rec- one of the most highly recruited players of all time. Uh, he's he's got the name, but he also brings an athleticism that his uncles didn't, but his but his grandfather, where he gets his namesake from, certainly did. And with this new era of of of, of college football and 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 even in the professional scene too, where these guys are come in so prepared from seven on sevens, you got to expect a guy with a last name like Manning to be doubly prepared from what we're used to seeing from a five-star. Maybe that's fair, maybe that's not. But when it comes to Arch Manning and his recruitment to to come play here in Tuscaloosa, uh, can can you make me feel good about projecting the fact that that may happen? Uh, Or are we just going to have to be patient for the next two years like normal people? Yeah, I think it's a mixture of both, Jacob. I think, you know... uh... And I think I mentioned to you this maybe on your show. It's like I turn on, you know, uh, you know, ESPN some days, and it's like, is he already better than you know Peyton and Eli? If they were at their their respective stages. And it's like, come on, we gotta let this kid live a little bit, right? And I think it's a mixture of both. I think Alabama, you know, they've always had a great relationship 
um, with him and his family. Um, you know, even when Steve Sarkeesian was recruiting him, right? I mean, now the transition to Bill O'Brien um, has always been good, and he had a good visit to Alabama a few weeks, a few uh, about a week or so ago. Um, I know Texas has you know been recruiting him hard too. Um, great visit over there with Steve Sarkeesian when he camped out over there. Uh, he's in Georgia this weekend, so so I think you know I think Alabama at the end of the day they're going to be the top in the top three, top four for him. Um, but it's also too. I mean, it, it's going to be risky. Very patient. You know, he's not in a extreme rush to make a decision. Um, but what I really like about his game is just how accurate he is. Right for how young he is, he can set the ball in tight windows. Got a ton of arm strength. You know, I watched him a couple of days ago. It was, somebody sent me a video of him throwing a seventy yard bomb, and it's just like the arm strength on this kid already. Right um, as you know, as a rising junior, is just unbelievable to me. Um, to me, it just seems like you know we just had Trevor Lawrence. Right, Trevor Lawrence had been the clear-cut number one pick in the 2021 NFL draft since he had been a freshman, since he walked on campus at Clemson. I think there's going to be that same type of buzz with Arch Manning or maybe even more. No doubt. I mean, the the thought of somebody having such a big name as a sophomore in high school is is really, really daunting. Uh, we're talking to Tyler Martin of Bama Central Sports Illustrated affiliate, Sports Illustrated affiliate of the Alabama Crimson Tide, easy for me to say. Uh when it comes down to it, Nato said that he didn't want to have too difficult of a schedule in 2021-2022. And uh, if there's one thing he's felt at here at Alabama, it was trying to prevent that because he's going to be playing three of the final four contestants in uh, last year's NCAA tournament. Uh, we've got Gonzaga. We've now got Baylor. And uh, Houston gets the, uh, the recoup from having to miss the game last year. Uh, but nonetheless... Even with the the departures of guys like Herb Jones and John Petty, and presumably uh, Josh Primo, who could possibly be a first round pick in next month's NBA draft, uh, Nato's program still is on the up and up. But having that kind of schedule, uh, and it, I feel like in previous years it'd be worrying, but now it's just exciting, don't you think? Uh, you know, I, I think it's very exciting. I think that's the only way to kind of look at it is that, hey, you know, Nate Oates is a guy, you look at his first year uh, when Alabama went 16-15, they had one of the toughest out-of-conference schedules even then, too. And that, you know, that roster um, was completely overhauled, you know, when we looked at what last year's team was able to accomplish. I mean, that only that team that went 16-15 only had, like, you know, two or three, you know, three or four guys who stayed on, um, and he, you know, but but the reason why Alabama was so competitive more so in his first year, and I think that in that SEC schedule, because they lost you know four or five one possession games, was because of that out of conference schedule that year. And with this year, I mean, he's Nados is not scared to play anybody. Uh, he'll, I mean, we saw this. I mean, the home and home reportedly with Gonzaga going up to Seattle, uh, and then you have Houston coming to town. You also have Memphis too. That's going to be another game that's going to be very interesting with Penny Hardaway um, and his crew coming to town. I'm in the fall as well, and then too, look at this. Look at this uh, Thanksgiving tournament that they're in with Kansas, Dayton, Miami, uh, Iona again, Rick Pitino. I mean, it's just my my god, my goodness, right? I mean, they're they're always going to have one of the best schedules in college basketball because I'll tell you this, and 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 one of the things that helps Alabama and not you know Alabama fans know this was they were a perennial bubble team, right? Way before you know for many years before Nate got there. And it's like, okay, one of the metrics they look at is who do you go and play? And I think for this, if Alabama wants to somehow ever have a season where it's like they're kind of on the bubble, it's like, okay, Alabama fans can be confident knowing that Nate is going, and his team is going to schedule the best 
best teams possible because, one, it prepares you for a conference play, which the SEC has gotten way better over the years, and, two, it just builds your resume, right? You know, I mean, say Alabama did go one and two this year against, you know, Gonzaga, uh, Baylor, and Houston, right? I mean, you still went out and played those teams and proved that you're able to play those teams, and there's a benefit to just playing the game and not being scared to do that. But that is something I really do like about Coach Oates uh, and his ability to get these, these games done because it's also great for the fans, too, right? I mean, team, I mean, Alabama basketball fans can get fired up about, okay, Baylor's coming to town. And then, you know, in Birmingham next year, Gonzaga's going to be coming for that return game. So it's a lot of fun. And I think, too, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, it's just it's great for fans. It's great for everyone involved. And Coach Oates, I mean, he's going to have those guys ready to go for those big-time games because you want to test yourself. And it allows yourself to be playing your best basketball come March, which has been one of his, you know, his mantras um, so far during his time at Alabama. Yeah, I argued that very strongly last year is that the uh, the, the early stumbles of, of that team were, were a positive. It, 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 I feel like it's much better to challenge your team than to just – you know, wipe the floor with a bunch of bottom feeders and, and have false confidence instead instill real confidence and know what it's like to, to tra- traverse adversity and, uh, and, and, and overcome something. But, uh, no doubt that's something they're going to have to do this coming up season. But with that in mind, uh, I said the names that are gone without Herb Jones, without John Petty, Joshua Primo looks to be uh, a first round pick in, in next month's NBA draft. We know that JD Davison is coming in, but, with the success of last year uh, and it being predicated quite heavily on, on the, the two seniors from, from a year ago uh, and Alex Reese stepping up in, in, in clutch moments there at the end of the season, uh, when it comes down to it, that, that team last year set a precedent for, for the remainder of Nate Oates' tenure and built up a, a, a reborn kind of fan base a little bit. So it, it's coming to a point where keeping up with the, the basketball team is is a brand new thing for many fans. So we know about J.D. Davison. We know that Jaden Shackelford should be returning. Uh, but who are some of the other names now that are going to have to step in for John Petty, step in for Herb Jones, and make this thing click next year? Yeah, great question, Jacob. And, too, the way Nate Oates has built this roster uh, is through, you know, getting the one and done, like you mentioned with J.D. Davison. It's through, you know, developing guys, you know, some three- and four-year guys. And it's also through the transfer portal. You know, this year, you know, even without Josh Primo, I think this roster, as it's currently constructed, is still an Elite Eight, Final Four type roster. Uh, you know, Mari Burnett, the, you know, he was a five-star pro- prospect coming out of high school, um, and then he went to Texas Tech. Things didn't go well with Chris Beard there. Um, and Namari, you know, he's, he's got to develop his jump shot a little bit better, got to score offensively. Defensively, he has the intangibles uh, to really thrive in Nato's system. And offensively, I think with just playing in Oates' system, you know, getting up and down the court, being so free offensively, um, as long as you are giving 110% effort on defense, he's going to let you be free on offense. And I think it's going to really open up Namari Burnett's game. And then, too, you look at Alex Chico. You know, he's recovering from that injury, um, and he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And so is Charles Bediaco. Um, you know, he, he was just playing with Team Canada up here uh, in the qualifiers, you know, trying to get ready for the Olympics. You know, I don't know if he's going to make the official roster, but he's been up there, you know, practicing with those guys and getting ready for that. Um, and, too, you know, you have guys like Noah Gurley. I mentioned, you know, Oates building through the transfer portal. Noah Gurley was a guy who played, you know, a few years at Furman and was a really great player in the SoCon Conference. Alabama played him twice. And Noah Gurley had, had I think, 20 points in his last game. He played against Alabama. So you go out there and get him. He's 6'8", 210 pounds. You know, I mentioned Charles Bediaco. He's a 7-footer. Chiku's a 7-footer. 
when has Alabama really had this kind of size and length, you know, definitely in the paint with those two guys? Now, the Rojas injury um, definitely hurts some, right, because what I love about James Rojas is that he brings toughness, he brings attitude. And he, you know what? You know, Alabama fans, you know, maybe were frustrated at some certain points of his game last year. But let me tell you something. You don't win a few games. You don't win that Mississippi State clincher in Starkville to clinch the regular season title without James Rojas hitting that clutch three. You, you don't. And so uh, Javon Quinterly is going to be a big factor again. And I think this backcourt for Alabama with Jane Shackelford, Javon Quinterly, Namari Burnett, um, and J.D. Davison is going to be the deepest and best in the entire country. And let's not forget either, Jacob. Jawan Gary, another guy who's just a glue guy, an energy guy, a guy off the bench who is going to give you some key, key minutes and, and you know, and lock down some other teams' better defenders. I think this Alabama team's in really good shape and really good hands. And, you know, barring any more injuries, this is an Elite Eight Final Four type roster. Who's the player that we're going to lean on, though? Is it, is it J.D. Davison or is it uh, Javon Quinterly? Is it one of those guys or somebody different? Shaq, maybe? I think, man, I, I'll, I'll say Quinterly. I'll say Javon Quinterly and, uh, and, and Shackelford just because Shackelford's ability to get to the basket, I, I think, is, is, yeah. is, is second to none in the SEC, right? His ability to get to the basket and create his own shot, too, right? I mean, he's going to, you know, I know his three point shooting wasn't great for most of the SEC season last year, but I think, you know, he was kind of, you know, he had such a great freshman season. Um, you know, he kind of has the sophomore struggles. And I think going into his third year, um, he's going to be a lot better in terms of perimeter shooting. But his ability to get to the free throw line and his ability to get to the rim is really, really good. And it's up there, you know, top three in the SEC right now. And Javon Quinley stretches. I mean, we all saw it in the postseason last year when Alabama needed a bucket, when they needed an engine for their offense in the big-time situations, you know, against Tennessee, against LSU in the SEC tournament last year. Um, you go look at that Maryland game, right? I mean, Javon Quinley was, was, was the key, right? He was the key that made it all go together. Um, and, and I don't know if he'll be coming off the bench again, right? I mean, you know, he kind of played that six-man role. Um, J.D. Davidson could be, get, you know, starting from day one. Um, but Betty Yako, too, you know, and Chiku, they're guys that can, that can shoot the ball as well. And so I think Alabama is going to be a mixture. They can play outside in. They can play inside out. Um, but as far as guys we, we lean on, I think Quinterly and Shockford are the two that come to my top, top of my head. Few people. I, I mean few. Maybe just a handful of players uh, played as well as Javon Quinterly did in the postseason last year. Uh, switching on over to uh, what's going on with the suits in the NCAA as well as Congress and the Supreme Court and all this fun stuff that's going on to try to figure out how to just give student-athletes their basic human rights and the ownership of their name, their image, and their likeness. Uh, you, you read the dissertation. You know the outcomes of these suits, and you know the frustrations that, that many a college football fan has had to had to deal with over the past few days to try to understand what in the hell is going on with NIL. Uh, but as it stands right now, they're under a lot of pressure because of what Kavanaugh said in his dissertation saying that their business model is flatly illegal and that they're not above the law. They could be uh, skirting on the edge of antitrust laws. But on top of that, uh, now they've got dissension in their own ranks in, in the NCAA with two different proposals, and one would uh, just – absolve the NCAA of all responsibility and give it back to the states and into the 1100 members schools at the very least Alabama is set no matter what happens uh this time next Thursday but at the very least you know the amount of unknown as we're heading into July is is very unsettling when it comes from the NCAA and how they're handling NIL don't you think yeah, it is, and too, uh, you know, it's listening to Kavanaugh and, and you're reading what he had to say. It's it's kind of like finally someone said it, right? You know, it was about time. 
uh, I think the quote from him was that, you know, what you're doing, your business model would be illegal pretty much everywhere in the world. Um, it's just it's just downright absurd what the NCAA has been able to get away with um, for, for a lot of years now. And I just saw before I got on here with you that Kentucky's governor, uh, Andy Bershear, said, you know, it's just, they're doing a, you know, an emergency thing where they're going to pass the bill where it's like you, players are going to be able to start making money off their uh, NIL starting July 1st, like so many other states. Because if you're a state that's not willing to do that, you know, uh, you, you're going to fall behind in recruiting. You're going to fall behind in so many different areas. And so you got to get with the times. And the times are changing and the times are now. And, you know, it just really begs the question is, do we really need the NCA, right? I think at yeah. the end of the day, um, you know, the more we start diving into these certain issues, I think we, the, more start, the more we dive into it, the more we just realize we might not need these guys anymore, right? Um, so I hate that for Mark Emery. You know, he's you know he's been such a class act, right, Jacob? And uh, and I, I just think you know it's great for the student athletes that finally people are listening to them and finally there's gonna be power to them because it's not really fair. You know, when me and you were both in school at Alabama. It's like we could go make money off of our name, but if you play sports, you can't. And it just never made sense to me. Never made sense to me. And and those and those athletes bring way more money. Than, than me or you could ever bring to them, right? No offense, obviously. Um, <laughs> but they definitely deserve that, of course. And I'm excited to kind of see. I know it's uncharted waters, but I'm excited just to see where we're headed with all this. I'm excited to, to, to get to the to the resolution and to see what needs to be fixed next because inevitably it's not going to be perfect out of the gate. No. But but at the same time, if and, and I, I, I agree with the sentiment. If the NCAA doesn't want to handle this, then, then what do they want to handle? Because they're, they're pretty fed up with all the recruiting scandals and all those sorts of things, but they don't usually handle that uh, correctly in the public eye either. Uh, so as it stands right now, even, like the NCAA hasn't made a firm decision which path they're going to go down, obviously. But, I mean, between the states and the schools handling this themselves and the NCAA, I mean, which would you prefer to, to, to see? Which, which do you think would actually benefit the student athletes the most because they're caught in the middle with no say so uh, yeah you make a good point jacob about you know it's not going to be perfect to start with right and which way that i want to see the athletes go is um kind of just so you know i mean let's just allow you know whatever whoever is marketable on whatever program right let's let them make money right um and i know that might cause friction that might cause issues but i really do think you know let players have the ability to make money, you know, and make informed decisions. That's why I love what Alabama is doing about the advantage, right? Like they're not just letting, you know, players make dumb decisions or decisions that could affect them in other harmful ways, you know, letting people take advantage of them, right? Like the NCAA is taking advantage of other players. It's saying, hey, let us help you build your brand. We can teach you. We can, we can show you things that can better yourself when you get done with sports, right? Like when you're done with, with playing this game, because, this is not all life is, right? This is not all it's cracked up to me. Nick Saban talks it all the time. It's like, you've got to be prepared for life outside of football. Um, and so I want to see the athletes kind of kind of just go. I kind of want to see the NCAA just throw its hands up and say, man, we're going to let the states do it, right? Um, because that's the way I think it should happen. And I think, again, I think all states, they don't get on the same side. The ones that are not going to be, you know, kind of forward thinking are going to be on the wayside. And, and programs, you know, are going to be very upset that they can't recruit with the Alabamas, the Ohio States, the Clemsons because they, their players can't make money, right? And so it's going to be very fascinating to see what happens, like we said. Um, but, man, July 1st is coming. And uh, I just, I mean, I, I want to see, you know, what, what, kind of, what kind of ad deals guys like Bryce Young, guys like Will Anderson, guys like Malachi Moore, uh, what they're going to get, you know, the, the rest of this summer and, and going into the fall. 
And don't forget Kool-Aid McKinstry, probably the, oh, the cool. wisest nickname of, of all exactly. time. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's a lot going on when, when it comes to all that. We're going to find out who the, you know, who the, the most marketable player in Alabama is, and it's going to be nice to see them uh, get what they have earned, what they deserve. Uh, a scholarship's a lot, and it's not worthless, but, but, but these guys, they, they bring a lot of money into a lot of suits' pockets, and those suits can't can't be bothered to figure out what what to do for them and that's it it's kind of ridiculous but but we'll soon have a resolution and soon have all the answers and be able to dissect those as well and when we do we'll be sure to to ask tyler martin of bama central all about it then as well tyler we appreciate it so much man awesome thanks for having me on jacob i really appreciate it man absolutely Bama Central's Tyler Martin at steven tyler underscore 15 on the twitter account we'll take a break we'll come back Wrap up the loose ends of Southern Fried Sports. I'm Jacob Harrison filling in for Travis Ryer right here on Tide 100.9, your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A nice early summer day is in progress across the area. Lots of sunshine, just some fair weather cumulus clouds. It'll be that way again tomorrow. 85 today, time high today. We'll drop to around 66 overnight tonight and back up to 86 degrees tomorrow. I'm meteorologist Bill Murray on Tide 100.9. It's 85 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Come gather around people wherever you roam. And admit that the waters are... Joe, you want to feel a little old real quick? I feel old every day. Give it to me. Today is the 27th birthday and release anniversary of disney's the lion king so yay for that you want me to make you feel a little less intelligent i feel dumb every day so give it to me (laughs) chris sims is done with his top 40 qbs number one is patrick mahomes number two Justin Fields, right? No. No. Justin Fields comes in at a nice 39. <laughs> 39? Had not even taken a snap. We'll take it. Number two is Josh Allen. N- number three, and I, I'm sure you agree he should be number 41, is Aaron Rodgers. Deshaun Watson at number four. He might... Number three and number four might not even play football this year. <laughs> I'm hoping number three takes a long vacation. <laughs> long vacation. See how many times he can travel the world. Number five is Russell Wilson. Number six is Lamar Jackson. Number seven is Kyler Murray. Number eight is Matthew Stafford. Number nine is Dak Prescott. Ten, uh, ten is Tom Brady. And then quickly... Uh, Justin Herbert, Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Joe Burrow, Carson Wentz. Is Carson Wentz a top 20 quarterback? No. Is Carson Wentz better than Sam Darnold? Mm, I think that uh, maybe. Is he better than Cam Newton? No, yeah, probably a little. Is he better than Jimmy Garoppolo? Uh, Maybe. Ben Roethlisberger? Maybe, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yes. Taysom Hill? 
Yes. J- Jameis Winston? Yes. Daniel Jones? Yes. Zach Wilson? All right, maybe he's a top 20 quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <true. laughs> what, where's he got, I, I feel like where's he got you know, boy, information Jones? helps in arguments. Mac Jones was number 30, and Tua Tungavailoa was number 34. Let's get out to the Peterbrook Chocolate Tier Hotline and welcome in JR. JR, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Jacob, how's it doing? Doing pretty good. I got a question. Actually, I got a challenge for you. That I'm sure. not alone in feeling like this. You know, I'm I'm a little bit of the old school type way of thinking, and I'm not for this nil and and the uh, even the expansion of the uh, playoffs. Heck, I don't even like all the fancy stuff in the stage. I mean, well. it's a little loud. It's a little loud in there, and it's a little. You know, I, you know like too many distractions away from the game itself. I know they lower the, the volume, and you know, all the lights go down, and all that. You know, when the playing is going on, but nonetheless, I, I'm just more of a traditionalist, and you know. So, I mean, I, I, it's it's pretty cool. I'm not going to say it's not, but I mean, it's just a little a little bit much for me. Well, but, I feel like you can. Because I, lo- I love analyzing the game just as much as anybody else, but I also like the other stuff. But the other stuff can be separate. Like, you can enjoy them them separately. The The fact that Bryce Young is going to have money in his pocket this fall is not going to deter the fact that he's going to be the starting quarterback of the Alabama Crimson Tide, nor deter how well he plays for said Crimson Tide. You know what I'm saying? I just feel bad for the rest of the players. I mean, ah. his his offensive line makes him what he is. I mean, maybe not all together. He's, he's it, got it, his own talents and everything. Right. But he would be far from being able to do everything he's going to be capable of doing if it weren't for the offensive line and his receivers and the running backs. You know, everybody is a team player, and I just don't like the idea of saying, me, 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 hey, me. No, 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 no. That's not what it's about. Uh, oh. do, do, you, do you have a problem with Aaron Rodgers making considerably more than his offensive line? Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Well, uh, look, once it goes into pros and you're not in, in, in college, that's a completely different thing. You're in contracts. How? You're in contracts with you. You're, uh, you know, you're being, but, but you're, what's your value you're getting based paid on? for your qualification. Exactly. Because of the value that you've created for yourself, correct? By being yeah. a good player. And what's the difference between a college player and a professional player? Outside of being paid right now, because they both they both play in front of millions of people and put millions and billions of dollars in other people's pockets. One sees a return on that investment, and another doesn't. I just think that anything that he gets, he should be able to have to share with the that's players. Socialism, that huh? That's socialism, Jr. That's socialism, Jr. That I'm not a socialist. That's, that's I didn't say sure. you're a socialist. I said that is socialism. I know, I know. What I'm saying, and I'm not a socialist, but <laughs> but uh, I agree with you on that. But still, no. <laughs> See, it, it, it can't be fair because it's it's capitalism. Because it's I'm not the value. Make them all, I'm not saying make them all equally paid. No, I'm saying. But why take away from one to give to the other? Because the 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 other is partly why the one's got what he's getting. Because it's a team sport, yes. But yeah, because of the, sport. but at the very least, I mean, Bryce Young got to Alabama because of what he did. 
but he did what he did with all the same principle applies there. He did what he did with the offensive line and the rest of the players on his team. So he's got to he's got to pay his high school offensive linemen and wide receivers. No, no, that would that would go along with where the offensive line of his high school team they go. Joe, you want to you want a part of my paycheck since you're part of the reason I'm sitting. Heck yeah, give here. me some of your paycheck. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm just coming at it with with the logic that I understand, Jr. Well, I mean, this is a, this is a topic. I bet Bryce Young will be paying for some meals. Yeah, I mean, running backs, quarterbacks, they always in the in the NFL they do that. You know, if yeah, they have a great season because of their offensive line, they give back I've to their offensive line. They'll go. They'll take them all out for steak dinners and stuff. That'd be illegal for him to do right now. He can't show any gratitude to his offensive line. It'd be illegal. <laughs> Well, anyway, we'll continue this little debate later because I really want y'all to convince me because I'm losing a lot of my passion for this Alabama football. Hey, call in tomorrow. I won't have any guests tomorrow, so you can call in tomorrow. And we'll we'll talk you off the ledge and we'll figure out why it's a good thing, all right? But we'll continue because there's other issues. All right, thanks. Bye. Appreciate it, JR. I'm telling y'all, it's it's not as crazy as you think. You just go watch football. It's just going to be football. And and there's going to be real human beings out there benefiting from what they've earned for themselves and that's that's america damn it (laughs) we've had a lot of fun i'll be back in tomorrow we won't have any guests so it'll be phone calls all day travis ryer will be back next week i'm jacob harrison filling in for travis ryer right here on southern fried sports your home on tide 100.9 your home for alabama crimson tide sports Black up the heart, or he that gets hurt will be he who has stalled. The battle outside region will soon shake your windows and rattle your walls. For the times they are a-changing.